In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Hillgate The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley. We are joined today by Cole Wilcox. Cole came to Georgia by way of Heritage High School, where he was a three-sport athlete and a decorated basketball and baseball player. Once with the dogs, he earned freshman All-SEC honors his first year and finished the dogs' COVID-shortened 2020 campaign being named a second-team All-American by Collegiate Baseball. He was drafted in the third round with the 80th pick of the 2020 Major League Baseball draft by the San Diego Padres, and he is currently finishing up his first month of minor league baseball with the Charleston River Dogs. Cole, thanks for hanging out with us and welcome to the show. Yeah, appreciate y'all having me, for sure. So, first thing I want to talk to you about, and this is a a little bit off kilter probably for our first question, but you tweeted something a couple months ago that caught my eye, and I'm going to read the tweet to you, all right? All right. It said, you are not cool for slandering friends on Twitter. It's the greatest sitcom of all time. Show some dang respect. First off, 100% agree with that. (laughs) So, love that. Second, Friends Reunion Special tomorrow on HBO Max. Scale of one to ten, how excited are you about that? No, it's a ten. Now I'm locked into that one. Um, I'm not really sure. Like I haven't done too much research on. It. I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but uh, I'm excited for it. I'll definitely be tuned in. Yeah, man, us too. So my understanding is, is I think it's like a going to be some type of roundtable discussion with all six of them there. Like I guess telling yeah. stories about the show and whatnot, but. Yeah, man, love that. So, like, every Thanksgiving, my sister and I pretty much watch the, the marathon of the Thanksgiving episodes leading up to supper. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I see a lot of people just, like, saying it's not funny and stuff on Twitter. And I don't know if they're just trying to get likes or what, but I don't know how you watch the show and not laugh, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, some people just don't have any taste, brother. That's that's just the explanation for I that. <laughs> I guess that's the case. Well, hey, you're coming up on your fifth professional start this coming Friday. How has your first, I guess you could say, normal month in professional baseball treated you? And how are you liking uh, the Holy City thus far? Yeah, man, it's been really good. And I came in not really knowing what to expect. Like, obviously, I've had a lot of, a lot of friends play pro ball, and they give me their side of the story and stuff. And, um, but it's been really good. I mean, and I'm in a great city in Charleston. Uh, I mean, it's Gotta be one of the best cities in the United States. Just you know, everything from weather to people to the surrounding stuff, and um, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, we get a really good crowd, so it makes the game a lot of fun. And yeah, man, it's been good. I feel pretty comfortable, uh, and I think I owe a lot of that to college, just being able to prepare me for this type of stuff. Um, being you know, kind of being on your own and learning your own routines and your own stuff you need to do to be ready. And um, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Looking forward to you know, it's a long season, so. Just got to stay on that routine, stay healthy, and uh, keep working at it. So for those of y'all listening that haven't been there before, uh, Charleston's minor league ballpark is called the Joe. 
and it sits right on the Ashley River in downtown Charleston. Beautiful yard, beautiful place to watch a ball game. Um, and I would imagine a good place to pitch too. So if you're, if you're in Charleston this summer, make sure and swing by the Joe, maybe you'll catch a night where, where Cole's on the bump. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your professional story. Cause it's obviously interesting. You, you come off a, a obviously weird year due to COVID where you don't get the full collegiate year. You're drafted by the Padres, young, exciting team and organization. And my understanding is you spent last summer at the alternate site at university of San Diego. Is that right? I did. Either. So for folks that aren't familiar with kind of what the alternate site looked like last year and all those type things, can you describe that and what that experience was like? Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, obviously, I mean, everybody was heartbroken by the year last year. Um, just being, being cut short, the team that we had at Georgia, that was, you know, supposed to be, you know, one of the teams that hopefully got back to Omaha. And um, there's a lot of talent on that team and there's a lot of talent still there. And, so once once that was shut down, you know, you didn't really know what to expect. And fortunately, I was able to be drafted by a team that invited me to the alternate site in the Padres. And what happened was, you know, we spent the first month, it was like a second spring training. So the big leaguers were kind of inter-squad and uh, the pitchers to get their innings in. And, and luckily, I was able to, like, practice with those guys and stuff. That was an awesome experience for me, just just being around guys who obviously have grown up watching play and being being involved in their practices, watching how they work. Um, what they do, what they do to prepare for the games. Um, it was it was really cool, and uh, those guys were were super cool to me. So for June, that's kind of what that was. We would we go have a workout in the mornings, um, kind of get our throwing in, a couple PFPs, and then later on that night we'd go to Petco and I'd watch the the big leader dinner squad. And once their season started, we moved our stuff to University of San Diego. Uh, we would we would do kind of the same thing. We have a workout and inner squad. Uh, we get our innings in. That was pretty much the day. And we got to go watch the Pirates games at night. So it was, it was a cool, cool couple months. You were obviously very highly touted out of high school. How tough was the decision uh, when you were a senior to, you know, be a full commit to Georgia? Or was that always the plan? I mean, I, I know you have, um, you know, not just recently, but your whole life, a lot of passion for the University of Georgia. And that was probably a dream school for you. So what was that decision like? And what was the I guess, final turning point where I was like, you know, look, this is a full go. I'm, I'm going to be in Athens. Yeah. Um, I mean, growing up in Georgia, you know how it is. I mean, you're, you're a dog. Like, when you grow up, you love the school. Even people who don't watch sports want to go there for, for college. Um, it's just – it's the place to be. Like, it, you grow up knowing where it is and, and what it's about. And so, and for me, it was no different. Um, I, I went to football games with my dad all the time. I love the, love the campus, love the city, the environment. Um, you really feel like you're part of something when you're there. And so, I mean, leading up to the draft, it was it was one of those things where I was comfortable either way, but my heart was definitely at Georgia. Um, I wanted to go play there for sure. I wanted the whole experience. I um, mean, you know, that's, that's that's one of those things where you don't get back. Um, if you go if you go to pro out of high school, I mean, you don't you don't get a chance to go back and play in college. Um, and the way I looked at it was, I could do both, and I really trusted. Um, Coach Strickland and Coach Kenny there. Um, I had a good relationship with them, and I knew that if I went to Georgia, it wasn't going to be one of those things where I got worse. So my look at it was, you know, I could go develop in college for two or three years and uh, hopefully hopefully become the pitcher I wanted to be. And I knew I had a lot of work to do. Um, I was I was not very polished at all coming out of high school, you know, just growing up in a small town, not a huge, not a huge baseball environment around Chattanooga. It's getting bigger now, but um, it wasn't it wasn't something where – I was doing it full time. Like I was playing other sports. I was 
I was doing other things and I knew I had a lot of work to be done and I, I trusted Coach Keen to be able to get me there and um, thankfully it paid off. We had Coach Strickland on the show last summer and, you know, loved hearing his story and his journey to Georgia. How much of an impact did him being head coach have on you choosing Georgia and, and what was the environment like there as a player for your growth and development? Yeah, um, I mean – Coach Strickland started recruiting me when I was a freshman in high school. I mean, I, you know, I, I developed a pretty good relationship with him as someone that could be trusted and someone who knew baseball and loved baseball. And, and that was, and the biggest thing was I didn't even take any visits to any other schools because I knew um, how real Coach Strickland was. Like he, he told me how much he wanted me there and I could just, and I could feel that and I trusted him. And I knew that I don't think any other place would want me as bad as Georgia did. And obviously I want to go to, so made the decision really easily or really easy and I thank Coach Strickland for that and yeah the environment at Georgia was awesome as a player it was it was one where you could go be yourself and you could you kind of get out what you put in um, there was always room for for extra work and obviously Coach Strickland knows baseball so well that practices were ran um, like a professional practice I mean you I, we joke around all the time. I don't know how he sees everything that happens on the field from who's backing up home plate to who's cutting the ball off in, in left center. Like it's, it's pretty unbelievable how he can see everything in one play. And you learn a lot about baseball being there. And, you know, I think the hire of coach Kenny was, was one of his best decisions because as a pitcher, it's so easy to pitch for him. Um, he's very laid back, but um, also knows, knows how to help you develop and knows what, knows what you need to do to, to be better. Um, and he, He's very approachable, very personable. You can go ask him questions, um, whether it's baseball or life, anything. And he he helped me out a lot, just teaching me how to trust my stuff. Um, not trying to not trying to get to to the black of the plate to strike somebody out, but just knowing that my stuff's good enough where I can compete in the zone. Um, and hitting's hard anyway, and just being able to use my stuff to get hitters out. I mean, he I owe a lot of that to him. So I want you to tell me a little bit about your mom and daddy and, and your your upbringing and kind of how that set a foundation for your journey and your success. Yeah. Um, so my, I grew up in Chickamauga. That's where I've always lived. My parents grew up there. Um, and you know, my mom or my dad is, is a real estate appraiser in the area. Um, my mom's a dental hygienist and you know, they, they're the best parents in the world. They've always supported me and everything I've done. And it's not, and my dad actually always coached me in, in all sports, honestly. Just um, we had a team up until we were 15, 16 years old that he coached. And it was one of those things where it was never it was never about how I played. Um, it was always just how I acted throughout the game. because um, I was I was ultra I'm still ultra competitive, obviously, and I was ultra competitive then, didn't really know how to handle it. Um, so I, that was always our arguments after the game was it was never about my performance. It was about whether or not I slammed a helmet or something when I came in the dugout. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just this, their support. I, I owe them everything um, and through all, you know, they grew, they, they put faith in me uh, from an early age, just lead, showing me God and showing me, you know, what it's, what it's like to be a Christian. And that faith has driven me to, I mean, till I die. And it's, it's something that's very important to me. And I owe it, owe it to them for that. Just um, growing me up in church and, and allowing me to build that relationship with God and, um, and then they'll always support me through that too. And it's, you know, I, I have a lot to them for sure. Now your mama was a, 
collegiate athlete too, right? She played basketball. She was. She was. She played basketball at Chattanooga State. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I obviously had a great high school basketball career and I, I'm sure still love to, to play ball and stuff. Did y'all have any backyard or driveway battles when it came to, to shooting hoops when you were younger? Yeah. I mean, my whole family would get out there a little bit and, and play. Um, I play one-on-one -on -one with my dad a lot. And yeah, but it was super funny. You know, it's always, I always tell people I get my athleticism from her. Um, but yeah, it's, it, we had a lot of fun and, and I love playing basketball. I still love basketball. I wish, you know, I watch it all the time. A big college basketball guy and um, pulling for the Hawks tonight too. Yeah. So one year removed now from playing collegiately, how tuned in have you been to Georgia's spring season and their hot start to the SEC tournament yesterday? Oh yeah. I've been locked in. Um, I mean, some of my best friends are still there. Like it's, and I was there for the first probably month of the year, so I was able to go to a lot of the games. And, you know, they've they've battled through a lot of injuries. And that's, you know, it's been pretty special to watch that. Like, it's when you have, you know, five or six of your top arms go down, and that's always tough. But then for them to be able to still compete, um, I think that's a, a testament to uh, not only the program that's been built and Coach Strickland implementing that, but the players there too. And, you know, the surrounding staff, it's been a big deal. I don't think people realize – how, how many injuries they've had and how many injuries they still have, but yet they're still out there competing, still out there winning. And you know, I think they, I think they put themselves in the postseason yesterday. It's a big time win. Yeah, I think so too. I think the other thing that's interesting about the team this year is they've got a lot of a young contributors, and yeah. you've got to feel good about how the program is going to project in the next couple of years as well. And I mean, I feel like y'all should feel proud of that too, because that's obviously some basis with how with how y'all competed and kind of set the standard for other kids to want to come and play. So, man, I'm excited about it. I hope they go out today and shock the world and beat the Razorbacks and, and keep rolling. Yeah. So, yeah, man. yeah, the best, the best way to grow up in college is just be thrown in the fire. Really. Um, as a freshman, you know, I've had a lot of guys step up, a lot of guys step up and, you know, early on you see, you see some of that immaturity with some of the games that they probably could have won and they didn't. And then now, you know, early in the game or early in the year, they probably don't win that game yesterday. Yeah, give up one run. They have the base load in the first, no outs. And then for Wagner, I only give up one run there. And then the rest of the guys that come in and slam the door, that was big time. So if you're talking to a high school kid, maybe at one of your games or, or when you're training in the offseason, they're like, hey, Cole, you know, I've, I've got some offers and I'm, I'm looking at different places. And one of the places that's recruiting me is Georgia. What is what are some things you would tell him about the experience that you had and, and how much it's it means to you and, and meant to your development going into your professional career? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think one of the biggest things of Georgia and you you can ask some of the transfers that come in this year, like like a Nolan Crisp or, or Ben Harris or somebody like that. And it's just it's just kind of the camaraderie that the team has. And the first thing you get there as a freshman, um, you know, my senior class was awesome um, between between Adam Goodman and, and Logan Moody and all those guys, like I was, I never felt out of place. Like as soon as I walked in the locker room, it was them coming up, introducing themselves, like, hey, invite me this weekend to come over to their house and do this. And it was, it was just like an instant, an instant friendship built. And I never really felt like a freshman when I got there. I don't think anybody did. Um, I noticed that this year with the freshman class that came in, it was a big class. And um, just while I was hanging around Athens, like they were always involved in stuff. And it was, it's something where it makes, it makes playing baseball really easy when you're comfortable. And when you're, when you're around the guys and you know that, 
your teammate has your back, whether he's a freshman, senior, sophomore. Um, it makes it makes playing baseball really easy, and it makes it easy to get behind um, kind of that culture of, of when the next freshman come in, they're going to be treated like that too. And so I think it's just a really easy place to develop and a really easy place to become a better baseball player. And that's what I tell anybody that wanted to go there. Tell us a little bit about Foley Field. Obviously, a beautiful yard to play in. What's what's the environment like there? Not only as a player, but when you're on the mound as the pitcher and kind of commanding the attention of the whole stadium. What's that environment like? Yeah, I love Foley Field. Um, you know, I think I think it's a great place to play. Not the playing surface is fantastic. Number one, the, the crew there does an unbelievable job. I don't think I was ever at the field where at least one of them was not there doing something. You know, fixing the mound or doing something in the outfield, like it's, it's, it's pristine playing field for sure. But yeah, the environment's awesome. Um, and, you know, the Georgia fan base is just so deep and so passionate. Um, and it's, and that's with everything. And so it's fun when, when we have big weekends there to see, to see the turnout and see the students on the hill. Like it's, it, it feels, it feels very college-like playing there. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, you feel, you feel at home, obviously you're at home, but you feel, you feel super, Super comfortable there when you're playing and you're the home team, um, and it definitely gives you a boost. All right, we want to do something with you that we do with all our interview guests. It's called the Smart right. 16. If I was going to reference this in a friend's perspective, this would be like a quasi-lightning round from the trivia episode, okay? Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so 16 questions here in honor of Coach Smart. We're going to start with what's your middle name? My middle name's Cole. What's your first name? Yeah. My first name's Mitchell. My mom's maiden name. Oh, that's cool. That's what I was going to ask. Family. Yeah. Oh, that's real cool. Okay, so we're going to do this a little bit different because most of the time we're kind of asking from like a fan's perspective as it pertains to football. But with our former athletes, we generally get you to speak from the football side of it as a fan and then from the sports you played as a player, okay? Yeah. So sure. let's say who is your favorite dog on the football team of all time and then also who's your favorite teammate that you had at Georgia? Mm, my favorite – Favorite dog of all time on the football field? Um, I'm going to go DJ Shockley. He was a quarterback when, when I started watching the team. Um, the first the first game I ever went to was at home against Kentucky. Went to a couple more that year, the SEC championship against LSU. That was that was a fun year. Kind of That's kind of when my love for Georgia started. And, and then, then how about my favorite, favorite teammate? teammate? Yep. Ah, that's a tough one. That's so many good ones. Um, but one that always sticks out was Adam Goodman. Um, he was he was a senior then, and he was he's such a leader. He's one of those guys where he's always cutting up with you. Um, always, he's he's one of the funniest guys in the locker room. And then it's to the point where he, when he gets serious, everybody knew it was time to get serious. Like it was it was one of those things. Where he, he demanded the respect just by genuine of a person he was. All right, what is your favorite game you've ever watched as a dogs football fan? And then what's your favorite game that you played in as a member of? the diamond dogs? I mean, I think the football one is the easiest question ever. I think it's the Rose bowl. And that was, that was the best, the best football game ever, in my opinion. And it was for the dogs to come out on top. That was sick. Uh, and then my, my favorite game I played as a dog would be probably in Hoover against Arkansas. Uh, that was, that was kind of a game where, we were down the whole time, and I was fortunate enough to pitch that game, and it was we, we battled back and then pulled one out. That was Hoover. Hoover is a sweet place to play, with all with all every like every fan base there. Like it's it's really cool. 
Yeah, I love that as an SEC tournament environment. I just, I think that's such a cool venue, and I think it's even on TV. You know, it's just it's an electric environment. So I love that. Yeah. All right. What What is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? Uh, Tennessee, easily. Um, and yeah, and a lot of people call me crazy because they're not used to that. Like the guys from South Georgia, they don't even like pay Tennessee any any mind. But I'm from Chattanooga area, and I can attest right now that Tennessee has the worst fan base in the entire world when it comes <laughs> when it comes to lack lack of knowledge of football and arrogance. They take they take the cake for sure. And so, yeah, beating them every year is is them being terrible is one of the best things about college football right now. Yeah, it is fantastic. My uh, my brother and I try to go to an away game every year, and we went to Knoxville in 2015. It was the day that. Nick hurt his knee on the first play of the game. I oh, mean, yeah. You, t- you talk about the Brutal. omen of all omens. That was just a miserable day. And, like, wearing it from them the entire afternoon was yeah. – it was just a – it was a horrid experience. So, yeah. I, I've I, always I, said I, I refuse to go to Neyland Stadium. I just – I will not go. I have yeah, no it was, interest uh, in going to watch a game there. It was not an excellent fan experience when you're losing. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we'll venture back. Maybe we would if, if we knew they were just going to walk the dog on Tennessee like yeah. it's been the last couple times. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, what is, the, what is your favorite away stadium in the SEC Conference? And you can do football and baseball if you'd like. Okay. Um, I actually went – you know, I might not get any brownie points for this, but I went to Auburn the year we went to the national championship and got smoked. But that was a really cool – that was a really cool um, campus. And kind of – and when we played baseball there, it's the same thing. Like, everything's right there. Like, the, the basketball, baseball, football field, all, all right there around each other. Um, and they had, they had an electric student section for the football game. And I really enjoyed that place. That was super cool. Um, but my favorite baseball – away baseball stadium was South Carolina. Um, you know, and it wasn't so much the environment. It was more of – just how the stadium was laid out. It, you felt like you're in a big league park. You know, they have a super nice field, and I, I enjoyed playing there. Yeah, their new yard is. I mean, it's it might as well be a minor league park. I mean, it's just yeah, absolutely. It'd be it'd be one of the best minor league parks in the country. Yeah, it's super nice. My uh, when my brother was playing at Charlotte, they played the regional in South Carolina at the old stadium, mm-hmm. um, with the train track running behind it and all that. And, uh, I mean, I thought that was a fun yard, too, just because of the whole train element. But, uh, man, the new one is <laughs> – it, it knocks that one off yeah. the board. So, yeah, yeah. It's big time. All right, what's the loudest home game you ever attended at Sanford? And then what is your loudest home game memory at Foley? The loudest – I think Notre Dame was the loudest when the fourth quarter started. And in the student section, that was, that was a lot of fun. But before that, it was LSU when Aaron Murray and Zach Mettenberger squared off. Yeah. Um, me and my dad were at that one. And that was, that was rowdy. And there was a lot of points scored. And that, that was a fun game. And that was, that's, you know, that was, that was a really good team. Um, I think Andrews kind of hurt that towards the end. But, yeah, that was, that was a fun game. Uh, and then baseball-wise, uh, I would have to stick with the LSU game when John Cable hit the grand slam. Um, they just they just intentionally intentionally walk somebody to get to them, and we have we have this when we take off our hat and put it out like this. That's our yard card sign. And so I was in the bullpen, and I remember pulling off my I pulled off my hat. I looked around. Everybody else in the bullpen had pulled off their hat, and then we looked down at the dugout, and everybody had their hat off too. And then that was 
when he hit that ball, the crowd was super loud. And that was that was a big time series win. I think that kind of propelled us that season and how we finished in the SEC. I love that you said that because that's the precise answer that Coach Strickland gave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. it was super it was pretty distinct. Um there was the Vanderbilt series was pretty loud too. Uh, I remember when Riley King they brought in a new pitcher and basically loaded in the first pitch he threw. Riley King hit a grand slam and that, it got pretty loud then too. So you'll probably get a kick out of this. Coach Strickland gave his answer. He goes, but I do want to caveat this with, I wasn't all in on the bat flip celebration. <laughs> like he was trying to bring his like old school, like, you know, like, so I just, I found that so funny. Yeah, no, I, I can assure you everybody on the team was all in on the bat flip celebration. Yeah. Well, as spectators, no we all were too. <laughs> all right. No, you get no to doubt. choose, you get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia theater. Who do you choose? Hmm. I think the best one I've seen there is Riley Green. Um, oh, that's a good if one. I, if I could choose, if I could choose anyone, I think they'd have to redesign the place if they got George Strait in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, I think you're sweet. right. Oh, that's a sweet. good one. Yeah. No, nobody's answered that, but boy, that would be a good one. Yeah. Especially in that venue too. Like, I feel like the coziness of it would almost make it more awesome. Like to have it a would. show with him in there. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I that, like that. That, that. that there'd be some new construction done if, they, if George Strait was there for a weekend. <laughs> All right, what is the cocktail you're mixing for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Mm. That's a fun game, no doubt. When we got when we got to play there for baseball last year, that was that was sweet. And you know, we heard rumors of being able to do it, so being able to play there with that crowd was awesome. Shoot, I'm really not not a big drinker guy. Um, so, but my drink of choice is a Mountain Dew. So I'd roll hey, with that's that. A, that's a good one. That's a good one. It is. It is. You can ask anybody on the team would back that up too. That's that's the drink of choice after a good game on the mound. That's what I'm going with. All right, I like that. I can I can pick that up. All right, what? Uh, and I'm not trying to get you in trouble on this, but you're back in Athens for one meal. What's your favorite place to eat in Athens? Where are you going if you only got one spot to go? Uh, my favorite place is always Marker 7. I love that place. Um, anytime my parents come in, you know, you're on the college budget, but when when your parents come in, that's when you when you go somewhere good. And so we always go to Marker 7. All right, I'm going to do a pivot question off that because you're in my town now. So what, what's your favorite place you've eaten in Charleston so far? I haven't, you know, I haven't got to eat many places, but I've ate a couple of places downtown and yeah, I, I'm going to go to seafood place again. I'm not like a giant seafood guy, but Hyman Seafood downtown was really, really yeah. good. Uh, Let me ask was, you this. Have you, yeah, have, you been to, have you been to Home Team Barbecue yet? No, I haven't. Oh, but I did go to Lewis Barbecue, and it was oh. incredible. Incredible. Lewis is, Lewis is fantastic. I'm going to funnel you towards Home Team because it's owned by a, by a dog. Oh, yeah. I have to try that out then. And it's real, man. They got a spot downtown now. The original's out in West Ashland. There's one out at Sullivan's Island. We love going to Sullivan's Island just because the vibe okay. there's cool. But uh, yeah, man, great yeah, stuff. I went there a couple of days ago, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I had to try that out. What would you say it was called? Home Team? Home Team Barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, I had to try it out next off day for sure. Yeah, it's legit, man. All right. Do you have any game day superstitions? For baseball? Yeah, for baseball. No, I mean, I like to keep it super loose. Like, I pitch loose. I don't pitch 
a lot of a lot has changed since the first time I took the mound in Athens. I remember taking the mound um, out of the bullpen the first time, and I I barely remember it. I was just like, my heart was beating so fast. Like I I had no idea where the ball was going. I just knew I was throwing it really hard. Um, but but now it's more. I don't pitch with a ton of adrenaline. I like to keep everything loose. Um, I feel like I'm better when when I'm just calm and then just trying to get guys out. So. I, I try to keep it loose. I don't like to change anything on my start day. Like, I still like to hang around, shag me piece like that. Um, and crack jokes, cut up, play cards in the locker room. Just keep everything normal. Don't try to change too much. All right. What is your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition? Whether it's Lone Trumpet or the Dog Walk or Larry Munson coming over the airwaves, what gets you rolling? The Battle Hymn is the best for sure. Um, it's that, that's, there's nothing that, that makes you feel like it's a, it's a football Saturday in Athens like that for sure. And then, and it leads right into Larry Munson coming on. So that, that part's sweet for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of do have some bitterness towards the spell Georgia ch- chant. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Expound upon I, that. I, I just, I don't know. I think it's kind of lame to be honest with you. <laughs> I've always said that. I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't like that the whole stadium of Georgia. There's got to be something better. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you feeling that way. Because I'm yeah. with you. For me, it begins and ends with Battle Hymn. Like, that is yeah, the hair, sure. on my, hair on my arm standing up moment. And, like, when they no did the, the opening to the Masters last November where they did that, like, that was I, sweet. I, that was a sick I could video. watch that on a loop and just be ready to run through a wall. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, definitely that, with that, you on that's that. That's definitely – when you think of Sanford State, and that's what you think of. Okay, black jerseys, yes or no? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care what they say. Like, as athletes, I don't – I'm only speaking for myself here, I guess, but I don't think the jersey gets me any more hype for a game, up or down. Like, when I take the mound, I'm trying to win the game. And there's no, there's no outside thing that makes me want to win that game more. Like, it's just – I don't see how I can want to win a game more than I already do. So, I don't think the jerseys have any effect on the outcome of the game, but it gets the fan – it gets the fan base rolling, and I love it. And I think they look really good. Yeah, same. We are, we're big-time black jersey advocates, and I think they look sharp on the baseball team too. So, I love it. But it's a great recruiting tool too. I mean, not, not that yeah. everybody needs any help with recruiting, but, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to get play and wear, wear cool stuff. All right, what is the loss you're still not over as a fan of the football team, but also as a player for the baseball team? Uh, a couple in football. Um, the, the first one that sticks out was the 2012 SEC championship game when the ball yep. gets deflected. I mean, that was – Yep. It was like obvious whoever won that game was going to beat Notre Dame by 50. So, it was just one of those things where it, we were that close. Like that – that we were that close. Um, obviously, a national championship, and then pretty much every game we played against Bama in the last couple of years. Yeah, is pretty much how it is. Uh, and then baseball, the obvious one is Florida State. Uh, that regional, you know, I still, I still feel like we were the much better team, but they got super hot and, and played really well. Like I don't, I'm not sure anybody in the country was beating them that week. So the next question I'm a little bit conflicted on because it's been in our rotation since we started doing the interview series uh, 18 months ago, but 
recent news has come out that they are demolishing this establishment in Athens and it breaks my heart, <laughs> but what's I'm going to ask you anyways, what's your order at the varsity? <laughs> oh man. But that's what's crazy is I think, what year did you go to Georgia? So this is, this is a funny interlude about our show. I am not actually a Georgia grad. Uh, okay. I played I played college baseball at William and Mary. Um, gotcha. So gotcha. we always tell people we didn't have a real we have a real football team. So uh, my brother right. and I, my brother played at Charlotte, which at the time didn't have any football team. So we both right. adopted Georgia as our okay. as our yeah. alternate cool. alma mater. And so we're we're all in pot committed to the dogs ever since oh one oh two. So so when y'all go to games, y'all go to the varsity a lot. So we generally don't it's, we generally hit it when we're in Atlanta. It's just, it's such like kind of like an iconic thing. We figured it was like a good thing to ask folks, but it's usually our stop in Atlanta, like for SEC title, or if we go to the Georgia tech game, obviously, because it's like right across the overpass. Usually our go-tos in Athens are, um, we go to mama's boy, like love that. Um, there's a couple establishments downtown that we usually have a beverage at when we're in town. Um, we generally like to go to, I always get a cup of coffee at Jittery Joe's or we go to the grill to get breakfast every once in a right. while, or, you know, we got our, our haunts that we try yeah. to hit. Um, but yeah, so that's kind See, of the thing it about is. it. I don't, I don't feel like anybody goes to the varsity. Like and that, that might just be the people I hung out with, but I never, there was never one time I was in Athens where I ate at the varsity. So, so like, I, I feel love like, like it's kind of like a that. landmark. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I feel like it's been very generational. Like we ask certain guests and they have an immediate answer. And then we have other guests and like, you know, we just, we didn't really go a lot when we were undergrads there. So I think that's real. I mean, I think that's absolutely real. And and I'm not a big hot dog guy either, to be honest with you. It's, I'm definitely going to order a hamburger if I go. So it's, so yeah, I I seriously never, that was never even mentioned when I was in school going to the varsity. (laughs) Well, it's not going to be mentioned moving forward because it's not going to be there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, yeah, now my granddad tears it up. My granddad went every time he came and watched me play, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he tore it up. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a generational thing. Like it used to be, dude, the varsity was downtown, like across okay. the street from where the ground is. Right. Now, if it was there, I think a lot more people would go. Yeah. I think that's especially fair. Especially if it's staying open late. Like that's a spot. That's a spot you hammer if it, if it's if it's open late on a weekend. Speaking of that, how you feel about a little late night little Italy? How's that hit you? Yeah, I'm a big pizza guy. I could alternate pizza and steak every other night and be good for the rest of my life. So So all right, then I'm gonna ask you this question because I'm always interested in this. Big time pizza guy too. Um what are your what are your pizza spots in Athens? Like where where are your go to places to get a slice? Yeah, well, the new spot is fully loaded. Their pizza okay. is, is money. Yeah, very good. Um, that, that's kind of taking the top spot for me, I think. Uh, I used to go to Johnny's a lot on um, Barnett Shoals. Yeah. And then Pepino's right there at the end of the middle is where Barnett, Barnett Shoals starts. It's good. Oh, that's a good and one. I, I, yeah. I live at the very end of Millage. So that's, that was my spots down there. All right, this is good to know because we're going – June 18th weekend for Top Golf. 
So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna hit that. We're gonna we're gonna probably have a slice a day. So that's yeah. gonna happen. We'll hit yeah, all. Three I would of definitely us. check out Fully Loaded. It's a cool spot too to hang out. Like super cool all hangout right. spot. That's kind of where we went after after practice and stuff. All right, we'll put that on the list. I'll report back to you. I'll, I'll get some. I'll get some pictures out yeah. on the gram. You have to. <laughs> You yeah, to, yeah, for sure. Okay, there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs. Yes or no? Agreed. I mean, it got to the point where if it was a noon kickoff, like I didn't even go to the games. Like I'd rather just stay on the couch and watch it. Yeah, I just feel like it. It removes the opportunity for the buildup, right? Like, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It's especially i mean we always practice on saturdays but coach Strickland had a lot of feel in the fact that he wanted to go to the football games too so we always practice early and then had our time so he kind of he kind of kept us at the field throughout the morning for obvious reasons and then uh he let us go to the games always though but yeah the noon kickoffs were no fun it was one of those things where you just you're watching that at the house you're watching that with a group of guys in an apartment somewhere all right last question college football playoff Expand to eight teams or find how it is. Mm. Right, here's my thing on that. It's eight teams is cool, but I'm not big. I like how they pick the four best teams in in the right now. Like I don't like a conference champion automatically gets in. And I understand it gives you incentive to win the conference championship, but I mean nobody in the Pac-12 is gonna win a playoff game this year. Like not even close. And like, if you want to do eight teams, I still think you should do the eight best teams. I think six would be great because it gives you an incentive to be one of the top two teams to get a buy. I think that would be, I think that would be cool. But I mean, honestly, there has there been a year where there's been two close games in the playoffs. I mean, I think the only year was the year the dogs were in it. You had Rose Bowl right. and then national title. But even even right. the other semi with with but Bama for and the, Clemson. Yeah, for the sim- for the semis, like there hasn't been a year where both of them have been close. No, so no, no, du- tough, no double barn burners. It's tough to expand when when that's happening. When the ones hammered for anyway. So what they're gonna do to eight? I mean, yeah, there'd be some there'd be some fun games like like a, a four or five or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, I think nobody's ever gonna be happy. Like you expand to eight, the nineteen will be bad. So yeah. It's something where you're never going to be happy. I mean, as long as the best team's in it, which I feel like has been the case since the playoffs started, then I think it's all good. I like the idea of six. To your point, top two, I'm still incentivized to be great. I get Mm -hmm. a bye week rolling in. And then hopefully you get an electric three, six, four, five matchup, and it's competitive and fun. And then you roll, right? But I'm with you, man. I don't think – I don't love the conference tie-in. Like, I think it should like just it be best six. I, I don't care about the conference piece of it. I know that's like a non-traditional thing because people love the conference stuff. But, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like, look, if, if you play – just because you play in the Pac-10, if y'all stink, I don't think you should get in just because you won your conference. Like, who cares? Exactly. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, yeah. I understand the incentives and stuff, but I'm not for that. I mean, if there's if there's a Big 12 team that's no good and they win the Pac and Big 12, then – that it's going to ruin the playoff. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. All right, brother. Well, you're off the hot seat on that. That that completes the smart 16. Well done. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. All right, Cole, man. Well, look, we appreciate you spending time with us, taking time out of your schedule to to hang with us and tell your story. We'll certainly 
be rooting for you uh, on the bump all summer long. Hope you continue to tear it up and uh, tell everybody listening how they can support you and follow you on social media. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. That's kind of my thing. Um, I, I enjoy getting sports updates on there and um, and then just kind of the comic, the comedy side of Twitter is, is the best. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's what I'm most, most active on. I have an Instagram too. Don't do much on there, but yeah, follow me on Twitter for sure. All right, Cole, we appreciate it, brother. And like we always say here, go dogs, sick them. Yeah, I appreciate that. Go dogs, always. Georgia's better now.